0: He, you know, called me up. he says, you know, I'm paying, I heard this conservation thing. He's paying about $300,000 in income tax every year. It was killing him. And he learned about conservation and he was blown away. We did a conservation on a property he bought um, in 2018, the $4.5 million um, multifamily building. And we got with bonus depreciation over a million dollars of bonus depreciation. So wow. that totally knocked out all of his income tax liability whatsoever. And he said it was the first time ever he paid no income tax. So going from paying, you know, two three $300,000 a year in income tax, keeping that money in your own pocket was a game changer. I mean, he's now he said he's able to scale up so much faster and buy so many more properties now because he has all that extra money.
1: Welcome to How to Buy Giant Apartment Buildings. Where you'll learn from the world's most savvy syndicators and investors exactly what it takes to invest in apartment building syndications. Now, here's your host, Mark Allen Kenny. Hey, everybody! Welcome to How to Buy Giant Apartment Buildings. I'm Mark Allen Kenny. Our guest today is Yona Weiss. How are you doing today, Yona? I am doing wonderfully, Mark. Thanks for having me. Awesome, thanks for being here. So Yonah is a regional business director of Madison Specs. He is renowned for his knowledge of cost segregation and has saved his clients tens of millions of dollars in taxes. Yona, uh, I'm super excited to have you on the show today. I know we're going to uh, help a lot of people and educate them specifically about cost segregation. Uh, but before we do that, could you give a little bit of your background and, and how you came to be an expert in the first place when it comes to cost segregation?
0: Sure. I always like to say I'm an expert because I have a team of experts behind me. And, and that's really the truth. I My background is really in education. I was a teacher for about 15 years. And about five years ago, I got into real estate, various different avenues first started. Yeah, I just wanted to learn everything there was. And since I have a thirst for knowledge and education, I I picked a lot of things up pretty quickly. So I was a commercial mortgage broker for a little while, sort of do some residential uh, brokering, learning the tricks and trades there, did a few fix and flips. And somehow or another landed uh, in this company, Madison Commercial Real Estate Services, which uh, based in, in Lakewood, New Jersey, they're one of the largest you know, title agencies, Madison title in the in the country for commercial title and a number of other services. And there's like cost segregation. And I, I really didn't know much about it at the time, believe it or not. But as soon as I started learning, I was like, this is amazing help people save taxes. This is what I want. This is what I want to you know focus my time on. And I literally just sat there and learned from the experts in the industry. And, you know, I'm not a CPA myself, but the, you know, the CPAs in the company really train me and I probably know more about this subject now than 99% of uh, accountants out there.
1: Awesome, and just for the listeners who aren't familiar, can you just give a simple overview of of how uh, cost segregation works?
0: Absolutely, a very simple overview is first understand what depreciation is, because cost segregation is really just like an advanced form of depreciation. Okay. It's like, it's really, if you think about it, it's like depreciation on steroids. It's like, you know, a huge amount of depreciation. So, so what it is, is the IRS gives you a tax deduction called depreciation when you buy a property, okay. Any property besides for your personal residence. But what that deduction does, it literally allows to write off the entire value of the building as an income tax write-off. Okay. So you buy commercial real estate, guess what? you get a huge income tax write-off just because you made that purchase. And it's based on the purchase price. So the first thing you do is you allocate a certain amount to land because land doesn't depreciate. Whatever's left over goes into the building and, and the building you know, can be a huge amount, but the IRS says, yeah, you can take a little bit every year for 39 years for commercial properties or for residential properties, 27 and a half years. And that's really the schedule. So if you buy a million dollar building, you're going to be taking about a 20 to $30,000 deduction. So two to 3% of that purchase price every single year as a tax deduction. And that's simply what depreciation is. It's based on the concept that things go down in value as time goes on. So the IRS decided they're going to give you a tax write-off based on that devaluation. Um, even though it's, it's based on that because the property most likely is actually going up in value as time goes on. So it's kind of an ironic thing that, that they've done there, but it really is a tremendous benefit for, for anyone who's investing in real estate. Where conservation comes in is like this. The building itself and the structural components of the building, like the roof and the windows and doors and walls and floor, those are the things that really depreciate on a long 27 or 39-year schedule. But the rest of the stuff in the property can actually be have a much shorter um, let's call it depreciation life or useful life. Once you can identify that, and that's where really the process of cost segregation is segregating out the cost of the building into these faster lives. Once you can identify what inside the building uh, or in the property depreciates on a faster life, you can actually take those tax deductions on a earlier, an earlier time at a faster rate. So like, for example, anything in the property, like personal property, which is considered, you know, furniture, you know, fixtures, carpeting, you know any type of equipment or um, you know cabinets, shelving, anything like that—stuff that's in a property that's not actually part of the structure—all of that stuff can de- depreciates on a five-year schedule. Which means you can take the value of those items as a as a, you know a huge tax write-off in the first five years. Instead of lumping everything together and taking a you know a two to three percent every year, you can literally get you know five to ten percent. Uh, deduction in the first uh, five years.
1: Awesome. So just to break it down a little bit further, so cost segregation is kind of the the physical act of identifying which components qualify for the, you know, the five-year depreciation as opposed to the 27.5. And then the actual act of claiming that depreciation, does that happen at tax season or does that happen when the cost segregation is done?
0: So that happens at tax season. Once you have Uh, done the cost irrigation study. So what that looks like, it entails you actually having an engineer come to the property, identify what all those things are, identify the cost and the value of those items, and um, apply that, you know, create a study, really a detailed report, you know, talking 80, 90, 100 pages long report that produces an updated depreciation schedule. And so that depreciation schedule is what is gonna go into your tax filing.
1: Got it. Could you give some more, just so I can understand like what this might include, could you give some more examples of what might qualify for um, accelerated depreciation? I've heard like the lines on parking lots and, and screws and walls and those types of things, those minute details. Is that is that true?
0: Yeah, literally anything and everything. So there are really two main categories that besides for the main structure, the 27 and a half or 39 year property, there's two main categories. So one I mentioned before, that's called personal property depreciates in a five year schedule. And you can have anything like, you know, yeah, literally down to the the nuts and bolts, things that like equipment or um, fixtures, you have a security system, you have special purpose lighting, okay, so you have like LED lighting and stuff like that, or, or spotlights. Things the main electric is still considered structural, but any type of you know ancillary electric or wiring or you know anything like that, lighting is going to be on a five-year schedule as well, and flooring. Okay, so carpeting, vinyl flooring, all that stuff, you know, anywhere, even stuff like millwork. Okay, or window treatments. So you have blinds and shades and stuff, all that stuff, and it's all those little tiny details that really requires the engineer and the and the expertise to identify. All those little tiny details, and we lift, we literally leave no stone unturned when we're identifying those things. And then you have the second main category, which is land improvements. So we mentioned that land itself does not depreciate, okay? And you have to subtract that from your purchase price so that you you don't know, don't take that amount into account. So if you buy a million dollar property, you might be taking off you know ten to twenty percent of that as the land value. Okay. And in certain places it can be even more. So like in New York city or in in California, for example, it literally can go up to 40, 50% land value, which in my mind is ridiculous, but you know, that's what, that's what the, uh, you know, the government wants to kind of value the land at more than the actual building typically is around, you know, 10, 50%. So if you have that million dollar building about, you know, 900,000 of that is going to be your, your actual, what you can write off as depreciation. So the second category, like I said, is Um, land improvements. So anything that's on top of the land, land doesn't depreciate, but what's on top of the land does. So pavement, landscaping, asphalt. So it's incredible how much really is there, what you're talking about, you know, the paint, you know, the lines of the parking lot, but the parking lot itself also, it depreciates on a 15 year schedule and that's accelerated. So, you know, signage or a playground equipment, you know, retaining walls, literally anything outside of the building is considered that. And so the engineer identifies all that, you know, the square footage, the exact amount, comes up with those calculations, of those values of, of each of those items. And yeah, you get a huge tax deduction earlier on.
1: That's amazing. Do, do you notice a trend in the industry of a, of a certain percentage of what qualifies for faster deductions? Let's say a million dollar property, you, you deduct a land, uh, the building itself is uh, 27 and a half years, but for everything else, is it is there a percentage range that um, you can you can claim those deductions quicker?
0: Yeah. And it's going to depend uh, from property to property. So you have certain things uh, like, for example, a multifamily building, you're typically going to have, if it's a garden style apartment, the, you know, they're pretty much in the, in the range between about 15 to 25% of that basis. So again, the purchase price minus the land is going to go into the five-year property. Uh, whereas the land improvements is going to be a smaller amount, typically between Five and fifteen percent. So overall, you're looking at literally between twenty and forty percent of the of the building cost is going to go into these faster depreciation lives. So and it, it does differ from different types of properties. You know, office and retail are going to be a little bit more. Um, believe it or not, mobile home parks and golf courses are almost entirely land improvements because there's there's hmm. almost no structural components. There's almost no personal property. But what there is in the purchase price, is divided between land and the land improvements. And so the majority that you're buying is the value of the land improvements. We've seen golf courses be literally an 80% uh, reallocation to that 15-year property.
1: Wow. And that starts over as soon as there's a new purchase, as soon as there's a new owner. So if I were to do cost segregation study on my properties, sell it, the next buyer could just start a new uh, cost segregation study. Is that right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And depreciation in general. And that's the incredible thing. Because, you know, it's depreciation and conservation specifically, it's almost like a borrowed term, right? It's, it's almost like hypothetical, because it doesn't mean that the building is really going down in value. And if it did, then that should be totally dependent on when that property was placed in service when you actually built that property so you know after 39 years since it was constructed it's told it has no value left you can't take depreciation not so it, like you said it starts over day one that schedule uh, based on the purchase price from the day that you buy it
1: interesting and do you need documentation of you know like how much the floors cost the construction budget that sort of thing
0: so when you're doing a new construction project yes you do need the, that documentation. Because that's what's going to be looked at uh, entirely. And when we do new construction projects, that's essentially what we do. We'll we'll examine you know, all the invoices and you know AIA documents, construction budgets, things like that, which will you know detail how much was spent on each thing. We can put those things into the into each category. However, the process of conservation is really interesting because we're looking at a building that was built many many years ago and was purchased for. An arbitrary sum. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you know, you might have a building that's built in 1925 and you're buying it in 2020 for you know five million dollars. Well, now, now the engineer actually has to come back and like reverse engineer what the actual you um, know replacement value and what the actual cost based on industry standards of you know everything in the building is and so that's really the main bulk of the of the work
1: got it got it so if i'm looking at a new purchase i don't i don't necessarily need to worry about uh, documentation for what the seller did in the property before I acquire it. Would you say that's right? Correct.
0: Yeah, absolutely correct. Okay,
1: got it. Well, cool. And I also want to ask you about bonus depreciation. I know in the in the past few years we see some changes there, and um, it sounds like, from my understanding, you can choose to take the entire amount in the in the first year on certain items. Could you talk a little bit more about that?
0: Yes, absolutely. There is something like you mentioned called bonus depreciation. It's called 100% bonus depreciation in the recent tax reform, not the most recent, but the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in 2017, 2018. You know, some people call it the Trump tax reform. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What happened at that point was they introduced a law called 100% bonus depreciation, which allows you to take 100% of the accelerated depreciation in the first year. So all that we mentioned, you know, multifamily properties may have 20 to 40% of reallocation to a faster life. let's just illustrate what that means. If you have a million dollar building, you bought it for a million dollars, again, you allocated something to land, you left over 900,000, $800,000, 20% of that. So, okay. So we're talking about 200, $250,000. You can take, instead of accelerating over a five or 15 year period, spreading it out, you can take that entire amount as a first year tax write-off.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. So let's say you've done that, you've gone through the cost segregation study, um, you've you've claimed those amounts on your taxes. What happens at at the point of sale when when you're exiting the property? What are the tax consequences um, as far as uh, depreciation recapture at a sale?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So when you sell a property, there is something called depreciation recapture tax, which means, in short, that you have to now pay a tax on the amount of depreciation that was taken. So similar to, you know, when you sell a property, there's also something called capital gains tax, which means if you made a profit on the sale, you have to pay a tax, right? Pay Uncle Sam, and not only federal, there's, you know, state and local, sometimes capital gains tax as well, which can be a hefty sum. Only on on the federal level, there's something called depreciation recapture tax, which for, there's two categories, basically of of how that depreciation recapture tax is, is split up. So one is the main structure, what's called 1250 property, that, that tax is capped at a 25% rate. So if you sell a building for a million dollars and um, you know you took $100,000 depreciation over the course of ownership, you're going to have to pay now a $25,000 tax on that sale. That's, that's basically how it works. There's another category called the 1245, which is the personal property. And some of that stuff that we're accelerating you know all things being equal that's taxed actually at depreciation recapture tax is taxed at a at a you know the normal income tax rates so your, your ordinary income tax rate, which is much higher which means that if you're doing cost segregation you might actually be hit with a large tax on the sale as opposed to you know taking that tax up front when you're taking the cost segregation so that's really what it comes down to and in a in a in a bubble okay if we're just looking like in, in a vacuum more accurately there, you have to look at the property and see, hey, I'm going to take all these deductions up front instead of paying tax on it now. And when I sell a property, I'll pay tax on it later. So you have the time value of money, you have certain amount of arbitra- arbitrage of the tax rate might be much less later on. But beyond that, usually real estate investors, and I want to clarify this point, because you know, sometimes people talk about depreciation recapture tax. And it's a really important point to understand. So you can totally incorporate that into your business plan, but you also have to understand most real estate investors are not investing in a vacuum. Okay. There are a lot of other factors at play. Um, for example, if you buy another property in the interim, or if you do a 1031 exchange, which can defer that capital gains and the depreciation recapture tax, there are other strategies to actually reduce those taxes so it's not in a vacuum you have to really look at your whole business plan and your tax situation to see hey i might actually be able to not only defer the tax now but also at sale
1: right yeah yeah i think that's the name of the game right there the time value of money i mean you know, say you're able to claim 500,000 this year, you hold a property for 10 years, I mean, $500,000 10 years from now is not the same amount of money. Absolutely. So I think, you know, that should be something operators consider as part of their strategy. Like the earlier you can do cost segregation study and the longer your hold period, the more you're gonna benefit. 100%. And you just said that you can 1031 exchange it and and not have to pay the, uh, the recapture tax. Correct, yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful. It's that time of the show for a segment called Best Deal, Worst Deal, where we talk about real estate transactions that you've done in the past. But, Yona, let's talk about cost segregation. What are some of the best cost segregation studies that you've done or seen in your career?
0: I love the cost segregation studies that are really benefiting the, you know, kind of the small, small guys, the small fish, you know, anyone and everyone can do cost of irrigation And it used to be relegated to large corporations. And, you know, people had a lot of money. Nowadays, it doesn't cost that much to, to get a cost segregation study done. But when I see someone who is, uh, you know, starting out in real estate, and maybe owns a couple properties, a small, you know, commercial, and want to scale up, and they come to realize that this year, I'm not going to pay any income tax whatsoever, because of cost of irrigation, That's really what, you know, brings a lot of joy to me. So I'll just give you one example. I had um, a client who was a real estate broker. And if you're a real estate professional, so if you're a broker or you're a manager and you, you own property and you're spending time on the property, and that's your main profession, you or your spouse, you can actually benefit much more from conservation. So you can use the deductions to offset your ordinary income from any other source, not just from your properties. So that's an important note, kind of like a sidebar there. But this guy was a real estate professional. He's a broker and one of the top brokers, you know, for the past five years, ranking the top, like three brokers in his county. Okay. Um, residential broker, great team making a lot of money and he's paying, you know, and he started, he started investing real estate a few years ago, owned a a few small properties, you know, residential properties. And he, you know, called me up. he says, you know, I'm paying, I heard this concentration thing. He's paying about $300,000 in income tax every year. And it was killing him. And he learned about cost of irrigation, actually heard about it first from a book called Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright, reached out advisors, and he was blown away. We did a conservation on a property he bought um, in 2018, the $4.5 million um, multifamily building. And we got with bonus depreciation over a million dollars of bonus depreciation. So wow. that totally knocked out all of his income tax liability whatsoever. And he said it was the first time ever he paid no income tax. So going from paying, you know, you know, six figures to $300,000 a year in income tax, keeping that money in your own pocket was a game changer. I mean, he's now, he said, he's able to scale up so much faster and buy so many more properties now because he has all that extra money. So that was one that's, that's those kind of stories. And I, I have them all the time. They're just, those are the best. Those are the best stories.
1: That's amazing. And I love the control uh, over the timing of, of when you can choose to do this, depending on what's going on in, in your, your life and your other investments. Like if you have a liquidity event or, or some something else in your life that you're expecting high capital gains taxes, you can just, you know, do a cost segregation study on one of your properties, offset those capital gains and, and hopefully pay less taxes or, or no taxes. Absolutely. You know, I want I wanted to ask you, um, you touched on this a little bit. What's what's kind of the average cost of, of doing this? And is there a building size or a building purchase price where this makes the most sense? Or um, what would you recommend as far as kind of the minimum for, for someone to do this?
0: The cost is totally dependent on the scope of work. So we're, you know, Madison specs were the largest national company that does this. We have a sliding scale based on, you know, square footage and, and property type it's somewhere between, you know, as of now, 2020, I can't say what it's going to be if you're listening to this five years in the future, but you know, somewhere between, you know, four to $10,000 is, is usually the range and for a smaller multi-family property is usually you know between the four and $5,000 range, which means you, you know, it's going to start to make sense if you if you just do the math. And that's one of the things that we always do. We provide an upfront analysis for free for anyone to see what, what your actual tax savings are going to look like if you do a conservation mm-hmm. study. So you can know upfront what the cost is going to be and what the potential savings are going to be. And anything over a half a million dollar purchase price, you are going to see a tremendous amount. It's not just like a break even point. Like, break even point is like a property, like, you know, for $100,000 purchase price is a break even. But I don't, I never suggest recommend anyone to do it at that point, because it just doesn't make sense. So over half a million dollars, that's when it really starts You see like, you know, a 10x benefit. And it's, it's, it's really worthwhile.
1: Awesome. And Yona, what would you say is the worst cost segregation study that you've seen or experienced or maybe a hard lesson that you've learned over the years?
0: Uh, a hard lesson I, I learned is, you know, to kind of trust people a little too much. And <laughs> that's just, that's just mm-hmm. me. Um, you know, I had, had one client, a big shopping center owner, owned about 25, 30 shopping malls across the country. And yeah, he just wanted to, And we're talking, you know, three, four, 500,000 square feet properties. Yeah, he wanted to get them done and all of them. And, and I was really gung-ho about it. And then he, he just wanted to negotiate down to almost nothing. And then he ended up ordering the work, having us do a bunch of it and then canceling it and, and not even paying for it. So it was... It it was, you know, kind of showed me that you have to you have to make sure that you follow your standards. And I kind of went around some of those because I was looking to see how I could help this guy. And not only that, but obviously, you know, a big deal like that, you you can you know, bring a lot of revenue into the company. But that that's one thing, you know, from my perspective, a lesson that I learned. And from a client's perspective, so someone that owns a property, a, a really bad situation was where you know, someone decided to do it on their own. Okay. And they decided they they figured out, you know, I'm going to save $5,000 and try to just do this on my own, come up with the numbers on my own. What ended up happening was, and this is a, this is a true story. There was, he didn't decide to do it on his own, but what he did was he found a kind of a makeshift startup uh, company, kind of fly by night concentration company that they really did other things. And they're like, we're going to tack on cost to, to our services. Also, we never did it before. They didn't have any experience. Mm. Um, but they decided to hire an engineer and, and kind of kinda do it like that. What ended up happening was this guy's accountant, when he looked at this report from this fly by night company, he called up the guy and he said, What what is this conservation report? <laughs> and the guy said, Oh, I went to I went to so and so company. He's like, This is garbage. He's like, You you just wasted, you know, a few thousand dollars. He's like, What do you mean? He's like, This this does not have any of the principles that are listed in the consideration audit techniques guide that you need to have a quality cost you can't just come up with numbers create a depreciation schedule without backing up the work you have to actually have all the work And their standards so the, the accountant said call them you know used to you know use Madison specs in the past like why didn't you use them it's like call them up right now I don't care spend another few thousand dollars it's worth it you're, you're you don't want to have that mistake that you think you're gonna cut cut the cost by saving uh, you know a little bit here but but really, it's going to hurt you in the long run. So make sure you're using a company that has a lot of experience. They're doing it right. They have the audit protection. meaning you know, They they stand behind their work. And, you know, it's, it's not just about saving a few pennies here. It's about making sure that you're covered and, and saving the most uh, in the long run.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yona, we're getting a little short on time here, but I just want to thank you for, uh, for being on the show today and for educating us on cost segregation. It's such a powerful tool when it comes to building wealth. So so thank you for that. Much appreciated.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Yona, where can others connect with you and learn more about what you're up to?
0: Best place to follow me is LinkedIn. That's where I spend a lot of time over there, um, providing a lot of content. You can also check me out at uh, yona.weiss.com. So you can get a free analysis over there and check out my my new podcast, Weiss Advice.
1: Awesome. I'll do that for sure. <laughs> well, cool. Yona, thank you again for being here. I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day.
0: Awesome, Mark. I appreciate
1: you having me. Hey everybody, it's Mark Allen Kenny. I'm doing this crazy thing right now where I'm offering a free one-on-one call with me to talk about your investment goals. We can talk about syndications, joint ventures, whatever you're looking to accomplish in real estate. Just go to our website and book your free call with me today at giantapartmentbuildings.com.